welcome back to your therapy tools. Today's episode is focusing on a recap on self-care. So this one's titled, How Do I Love Me? Let Me Count the Ways. How well is your self-care? Or how poor is your self-care right now? If you've been listening to episodes of Your Therapy Tools, I'd be willing to bet your self-care is pretty good. But life does happen, and sometimes we need a quick recap on self-care to remind ourselves that we have to put ourselves first, and we have to love ourselves more. That's not selfish. It's not narcissistic. It's just a fact of life, because if you are not loving yourself and putting yourself first, that means you're you're worn too thin, you're spread too thin, you have, you have too much going on, you're overwhelmed, there's too much on your plate, you're being everything to everyone, saying yes to everybody but you. So if you want to be that better friend, that better wife, that better husband, that better employee, that better parent, the better dog owner, whatever the case may be, it's very important that you're taking care of you first. So uh, the, the old analogy goes that a, a, an empty vessel cannot fill other glasses or vessels. If, if, you're, if your cup is empty, you can't share and pour anything into anybody else's cup effectively. So avoid being that half-assed person who's overwhelmed and easily triggered with many vulnerability factors kicking in. And make sure your self-care is on point, okay? So, I'll go through this list. And if you have more yeses than noes, that means your self-care is pretty on point right now. But if you have more noes than yeses, it means you need to kick it up a notch, okay? So, I'll just go ahead and start reading them off and you decide yes or no. I am engaging in regular journaling or diary cards. I take accountability for my negative actions and I work to improve myself. I get a good night's sleep most nights. I know how to say no and I do it regularly. I take time for myself when I need to. I face my fears bravely and I pep talk myself through them. I actively work on learning and trying new things such as cross training or hobbies or sports, or whatever you're interested in. I eat mostly healthy food, and I indulge in junk food sometimes too. I take small steps almost daily toward my larger end goals that I've set for myself. I compare myself only to who I was yesterday, and I set goals to improve. I create my motivation. I don't wait for it to find me. I don't tolerate disrespect from others. I use my assertiveness skills and let them know that I will not be bullied or manipulated. I give only what I can afford to give. If it's going to take away from me financially or in terms of self-care time, etc., then I say no. I can proudly say I love myself without shame or insecurity. I don't personalize other people's problems and feelings. I know my limitations and I take breaks when I need to. 
I regularly let go of people and things and situations and mindsets that do not serve me. I cry when I need to without shame. I am not concerned with what other people think of me, my choices, or my life. So if you said yes to most of those, good job, I'm proud of you. If you said no to half or more of those, how can you improve? How can you get your needs met? So I have an example here. Mary is a sweetheart. She would give you the shirt off her back. When her friends and family need anything, they know they can ask Mary and she will never disappoint them. However, Mary has a secret. She is sad. She feels empty and she experiences complete exhaustion regularly because she can't say no. She fears others thinking badly of her and she just wants to be seen as a good person. Mary bases her self-worth on outside validation and in doing so, she has no time for hobbies, self-care, or even to get her work done at time, on time at work. Mary feels lonely, and she never asks for help. She stays up late finishing reports for work because co-workers manipulated her into doing their work so it wouldn't be late. She cancels doctor's appointments because she just doesn't have time. She's doing favors for other people. She doesn't go to the salon anymore. She has no time to take vacations. Um, she, she avoids it because she's busy completing tasks and favors for friends and family. When Mary starts to feel really down, she really doesn't have anybody to talk to because everybody seems to be busy when she needs to talk. Mary always answers when they need to talk and she always makes time, even if it's two o'clock in the morning. She will answer, she will get up, and she will listen and show empathy and offer good advice and support to whoever needs her, even if it means she gets no sleep that night. So when you think about Mary, and maybe you can relate to Mary a little bit, what advice would you give Mary to help her to get her needs met and to increase a healthy level of self-care in her life? Think about that. And whatever advice you would give to Mary, I want you to follow it too, okay? So if Mary sets some boundaries and begins to say no more often, she will likely get her needs met. Further, she will weed her garden in doing so because some of the so-called friends will cut ties with her if they can't use her anymore. Though temporarily painful, indeed, the outcome will be a relief because Mary will be left with real friends who respect her, real friends who love her, and when she tells them no, they will accept it rather than berate her. So think, think in terms of what advice would you give Mary? How would you teach her to say no based on episodes that you've listened to here in your therapy tools? How would you teach her how to say no and to block out some self-care time for herself? And then whatever your advice is to her, I challenge you to follow that advice this week. And next, I want to discuss what comes first, self-talk or boundaries? 
So to set boundaries, you have to know your worth. And self-talk is a tool for knowing. It is essential that you become aware of your negative thinking patterns that include your self-talk. On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being compassionate and 10 being a rude, raging bully, where would you rate your self-talk right now? So our self-talk is our inner voice, right? And it tells us how to perceive the world and ourselves. And being human means that uh, we have that negative inner voice too. So we want to be able to squash that negative voice. We develop it through our core beliefs, and those develop usually in our youth. So let's look at negative thinking patterns and how we can reframe them. Just a quick review on everything, okay? How many of these do you engage in most often? All or nothing or black and white. You look at things in absolute black and white categories. There's no middle ground, no balance. It's all good or it's all bad. Overgeneralizing. You see one negative event as a never-ending pattern of defeat or one negative event will cause you to make a sweeping, generalized opinion, core belief about that entire population. Mental filter, you dwell on the negatives, discounting the positive. You minimize your own accomplishments and positive qualities. Jumping to conclusions, you think you're a mind reader or a fortune teller. You predict that everything will turn out badly. You assume that people are reacting negative to you, negatively to you when there's no evidence, really, except your feelings magnification or minimization you blow things way out of proportion or you shrink the importance of them emotional reasoning i feel like an idiot so i must be one should statements you criticize yourself or other people with shoulds oughts musts and have tos you label instead of saying i made a mistake you tell yourself i'm a jerk i'm a fool i'm a loser personalization and blame. You either blame yourself for something you're not responsible for, or you blame other people and deny your own responsibility in every situation. So let's change those negative thinking patterns. This is a big piece of self-care. And to do that, we have to reframe. Reframing negative thoughts, it's important to come up with compassionate replacements. For every negative thought, give yourself three different examples of a compassionate statement to replace it. Another option is to turn the negative statement into a goal. This way, rather than focusing on what you don't want, you will focus on a positive change. Remember that once you set a goal and begin to work on it, it's important to practice regular breaks without throwing all of your progress away. If you do nothing toward a goal on Wednesday after consistently working on it for eight days straight, you did not fail. You took a break. And that's to be expected. You don't want to burn yourself out. So here's an example. Here's a negative thought. Nobody cares about me. And here are three positive statements. I care about me. My mom cares about me. 
my friends care about me. Or you could turn this into a goal. There is a lot of good in me and I'm worthy of love. Every day I will work on showing myself that I care in some way. So think about reframing statements such as, I am an idiot. How could you reframe that? What are three positive things you could say instead of saying, I am an idiot? And what's a good goal? How about the statement that's so common, especially among women? Oh, I'm fat and ugly. Nobody would want me. How would you reframe that with three positive statements about yourself? And what could be a good goal for that one? What about the statement, my life is worthless? How could you reframe that in three positive ways? And what kind of a goal could you set? Okay, so I left room on this worksheet that I created for you to personalize and put your own negative thoughts, reframes, and goals. And um, you could put this in your journal. So the next section, know thyself now. Cycles of superficial defining. And before I jump into this, let's take a quick look. Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Break. Okay. Know thyself now. Cycle of superficial defining. Think about who you are, and certain descriptions might come up, such as, I'm a mom, I'm a dad, I'm an accountant, I'm a manager, I'm a cop, I'm a nurse, I'm a friend. You know, we always seem to define ourselves by our roles, and we gauge our worth by how well we perform in these roles. This is an ego-driven sense of self, and this often includes comparisons to other moms, dads, cops, friends, and trying to be as good or better if you're a competitive person. So the competition in this case is unhealthy and the goals are sometimes unattainable. And then you start to struggle with shame and poor self-worth entering the picture to complete the cycle of superficial defining. And you stress to keep up appearances and all of your perceived failures continue to beat you down. So knowing yourself in this way is a recipe for unhappiness and sorrow and suffering. And now that you understand this, I want you to try to define yourself authentically. So who are you? Think about the caterpillar in Alice in Wonderland, blowing those smoke rings that spell out the words, who are you? When all the roles and all the titles are removed, who are you? It's not easy to define yourself without the titles and roles, right? So I have a list on the next page to help you, give you some ideas on how to 
define yourself without all the roles and all the titles. And I've included a lot of different personality traits and strengths and even some weaknesses. So maybe you're a kind-hearted human being. Maybe you're an angry person. Maybe you're athletic. Maybe you're logical. Maybe you're a clean freak. Maybe you're a forgiving person. Maybe you're somebody who loves animals. Maybe you're funny. Maybe you're a comedian. Maybe you're lazy and you you struggle with motivation. You're just kind of a lazy, lackadaisical type person. Maybe you're very compassionate and highly sensitive. Maybe you're guarded and it's not easy to get close to you. Maybe you're a nature lover. Maybe you're a cautious person. Maybe you're a very protective person. Perhaps you're philosophical, curious, a risk taker. Maybe you're very sensual. Maybe you're very extroverted. You love being around people and you feel energized. Or maybe you're introverted and you take people in small doses, you socialize, and then you've got to be alone for a while to recharge. So from from those, how many did you relate with? And can you think of any that I didn't mention that would describe you? So now let's jump into what you are worth. What is your worth? What pops into your mind when you think of this question? What makes you worthy of love, respect, and joy? Is it how well you perform at work or at school? Is it how good of a friend, spouse, or sibling you are? Is it based on how much money you make? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you're basing your value and worth as a human being on outside validation received in judgment of your roles in life. So we're back to that superficial assessment of ourselves, right? You're likely made, you're likely trapped in a self-made prison fueled by what other people think of you. You may feel that if you're not receiving validation from outside sources, that you are a failure, that you're unattractive, that you're not lovable, that you lack potential, and perhaps that you're even invisible. Perhaps you feel like life happens to you, that locus of control, you know, and you have no control over it, and you wish, dream, and pray that one day your luck will change. So let me clue you into something that you may not have considered before. You are a miracle. You are a gift to this world. There is only one you, one unique and amazing you on this whole planet. You are the only one the only you that has ever been or ever will be. And you get this one life to live. The same goes for your neighbors. The same goes for your spouse. The same goes for your coworkers, your friends, celebrities, family members, your dog. When you compare yourself to others, it is senseless because we are each on our own unique journey in our own unique path. You can never be somebody else, and nobody else can be you. However, what we do all have in common is this. Every human being on the planet is worthy of love, respect, joy, and success because they were born. That's it. 
Simple, right? You are a beautiful life form who deserves dignity and respect, love and joy and the pursuit of your own happiness. It is yours for the taking. Honestly, you are worthy. Practice reframing your negative self-talk every single day, okay? Replace it with compassionate statements and focus on what what you do want rather than what you don't want. Treat yourself well. And you treat yourself well the same way you would treat somebody that you love, admire, and respect. Imagine the perfect date, the perfect, beautiful date that you would want somebody to take you on and take your damn self on a date, you know? Treat yourself the way you treat people you love, admire, respect, and want to show your love to. It's time to turn that on yourself. You are so worthy and you deserve to feel it, to live it, and to know it. So practice validating yourself with present tense affirmations each day. And as you speak them silently in your head over and over, allow yourself to feel the joy and the relief in your heart as you express gratitude and a confidence that is already yours. You just don't know it yet. Remember to focus on what you want, need, and desire, but you say it in present tense as if you already have it. (coughs) Excuse me. So here's a couple examples for you. Negative and validating thought would go like this. Nobody listens to me when I talk. And, And think about how you feel when you say that. Nobody listens to me when I talk. You feel resentful. You feel minimized. You feel overlooked. You feel unimportant. There's a whole range of not good feelings when you say that sentence. So that's what's resonating in your heart. That is pushing out from your electromagnetic field into the universe. And that is creating that groove, that that spark of neurons in your brain that creates that little groove that becomes an automatic thought. It's really important to reframe and do an affirmation. Think in present tense. You're going to say what you want to be happening now as if it is happening now because it's already yours. You just have to make it happen. So you would close your eyes and think about what it feels like for people to pay attention and listen when you talk and feel that joy, feel that confidence in your heart. Close your eyes and smile and say, people are listening to me and respecting me when I talk. It feels great to finally be heard. Repeat that mantra and you watch your life change. Seriously. So the next negative or invalidating thought, I will never get a promotion. I'm always overlooked. And again, this is, this is very similar to not feeling heard not feeling seen, not being acknowledged or validated. You just, you're, you're mad, you're sad. It doesn't feel good. So how do we reframe and create an affirmation? It would go something like this. I am worthy of a promotion and I know it's headed my way. It feels so great to be seen. And picture yourself living in that promotion. You've already received it and 
you're surprised feels like you won the lottery it's kind of like oh my gosh I didn't think I was gonna get it but I did and I'm so grateful I got this promotion it has really brought me so much joy and close your eyes and smile and just feel it like it's already yours and then of course I have um, some space on this worksheet for you to go through and personalize it with your own negative thoughts and reframing that into a beautiful affirmation and I highly recommend writing your affirmations on a post-it note stick it next to your mirror in the bathroom while you're brushing your teeth read it over and over um, while you're in your car say it over and over while you're driving okay next on the list shame shame such a dirty word right Shame is a strong guilt feeling about who you are. And guilt is being ashamed of something that you've done. So carrying shame is common when we base our worth on what other people think of us. And when we have experienced trauma, we also carry shame. So if you haven't learned to validate yourself with compassion, reframing self-talk and affirmations, you're likely harboring a very strong sense of shame. So guilt is a common emotion and it teaches us right from wrong, right? We feel bad if we accidentally hurt somebody. We feel bad if we hurt them on purpose. We feel bad if we ruin or break something that doesn't belong to us or even our own possessions. We feel bad when we lose our temper. We feel bad when we say something terrible to somebody we love. And guilt is remedied with apologies and changes in behavior. So being a little more careful, replacing what we may have broken or destroyed, rebridging that gap that, that we may have damaged in our relationships. And guilt keeps us from engaging in behaviors that will result in feeling guilty in the future too. Because we learn from it, hopefully. <laughs> uh, shame is a liar and a thief. Shame teaches nothing, but it turns you into a doormat, a shell of a human. It imprisons you in a cruel and dark chamber of your own psyche. Shame tells you that you are worthless, unclean, stupid, unlucky, accident prone, uneducated, not educated enough, unattractive, or a straight up imposter. Shame tells you that you do not deserve love, joy, success, because you're nothing. Shame is a strong curse that can only be broken with the magic of compassion and loving yourself. So do you carry shame in your heart? Try reframing it and know that you're not lying to yourself. You are redirecting negative thought patterns and releasing them because they are not serving you. You are adopting a new core belief, and it takes repetition and time to make that happen. So you've got to practice, 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 and practice some more. And don't beat yourself up when the shame pops in and tries to knock you down a notch. Just say, no, thank you. So reframe that shame. Here's an example. I'm a worthless loser. I am... 25 years old and I've accomplished nothing so here's a compassionate reframe 
I am worthy of love and I am making improvements on myself. I have touched people's lives and I've helped others throughout the years. Success is not measured in dollars or possessions. Here's another one. I'm not good enough for him or her. I'm dirty, used up, unclean. Compassionate reframe. I am enough. I'm a great partner. I am healing from my past and I am not what happened to me. And then I have some areas for you to write your own shameful, horrible thought and reframe it. Let's recap boundaries really quick. Healthy boundaries. Boundaries are verbal and physical stop signs or fences that we present to others to protect ourselves. This is a huge facet of your self-care, protecting peace of mind and security and loving yourself. Without boundaries, everybody's possessions, time, money, and bodies would just be a freaking free-for-all. So a woman's purse is not something you grab and go through when you want gum. Instead, you respect her personal property and you ask for a piece of gum. When you're visiting a friend, you respect their home and family time. You don't overstay your welcome. And on a date, we respect personal space and sexual boundaries by not immediately groping the other person because we feel attracted to them. Another good example is to think of someone you know or have known who nobody dares to ask a favor from or borrow anything. That person has rigid boundaries all around and others just know, don't ask that person. Now think of someone who is the go-to person for everyone. This person never says no and always makes themselves available. And that person would have very porous boundaries and people tend to take advantage of people like that. So the goal with boundaries is to find that balance and sometimes you share and do favors and sometimes you say no and people respect you or they're not welcome in your life anymore, period. You deserve the same respect and consideration as everybody else and if you have poor boundaries, you're not giving yourself what you deserve. You're saying no to you. So let's explore variations of boundaries and how to reinforce them with assertive words, body language, and eye contact. As you, as I go through the examples, try to think of people in your life who have good boundaries and who have poor boundaries. And think of your own boundaries in different areas and where you could improve. So property boundaries include your home, your car, your collection of gorgeous shoes, your clothing, your crafting supplies, anything, any of your possessions that are yours. Um, intellectual boundaries include your thoughts, your beliefs, your dreams, your ideas, and your opinions. This includes religious beliefs, political beliefs, and it also includes your peace of mind. Physical boundaries, this is basically that imaginary bubble that surrounds you and separates you from the proximity of other people. Financial boundaries is your money, your gross income, your salary, your investments, your savings account, your net worth. Sexual boundaries, that's your body, your sexuality, and your sex life. Virtue and ethic boundaries, honesty, integrity, loyalty, fairness, how you treat others and want to be treated, confidentiality, and trust. Romantic boundaries include intimacy, marriage, friendships, 
child-parent bonds, people who are close to you, such as uh, friends. So this involves romantic and relationship boundaries. And professional boundaries include co-workers, bosses, management, and clients or customers. So just from hearing that list, how, how have you seen boundaries trampled or enforced in those areas in your life? How have you set boundaries in terms of your property, your intellect, your body, uh, sexually, financially, um, at work, romantically, and virtue, ethical boundaries? How have you observed and respected those in others and in yourself? Or how have you not? So that's definitely something to think about. And feel free to give me some feedback. Let me know on this set of boundaries which ones you need assistance with the most to reframe, to assert the boundary and reinforce it. And how to know when it's time to cut ties with somebody if they're not respecting your boundaries. Sometimes it's difficult. It sounds easier said than done. Sometimes it's very difficult because we just instinctively don't want to hurt other people. Um, And then we have, you know, it's like the sheep and the wolves where we're these cute little sheep and we're like, oh, we want to be nice. And and the wolves are like, oh yeah, I'm going to take advantage of that. So... (laughs) It's hard because we don't want to be rude or we don't want to exclude people or we don't want to uh, seem like we're mean and selfish, but at the same time, it's important to take care of you, to choose you, and to love you more. (laughs) So give me some feedback and um, let me know what you want to work on the most in terms of your boundaries. Let me know how your self-care is. Do a little check-in with me. And... Let me know what you need help with and how you're doing. And you can reach me at elizabethlmft.org or elizabethlmft at Comcast, not Comcast, (laughs) elizabethlmft at outlook.com. Thank you for tuning in and remember to love yourself more and to choose you every day. Okay.